Well, after uh, seeing all the uh, podcasts that Jackie's making, I thought I would uh, thought I would make one myself, just to let you all uh, hear a little bit, uh, hear me uh, jabber a while. All right, um, I guess the first thing I want to talk about is my I wrote I've already written about it. It's my visit with my therapist Brooke, um, and that went uh, that went well. Um, you know, my birthday is Monday. And I have been hating it, dreading it, not wanting to think about it. And um, anyway, uh, just because I'm a year older and a closer to death. Of course, every day we're all a closer to our deaths, you know. But, you know, I, I keep thinking that my parents, my mother died when she was 62. My father died when she, he was 67. And of course, they died of smoking-related cancer, so their lives were shortened tremendously. But um, but I still find myself, you know, thinking I've got to do something. I've got to do something worthwhile before I die. Um, you know, and and still struggle with how to be at peace with the fact that I'm I'm on the uh, final stretch of my life and not in the middle or, you know, back at the beginning. So, uh, so I'm still kind of struggling with that, but, um, um, she had, um, you know, that she, her advice is, uh, you know, we, I need to live in the present, not the past and not the future. I don't know what the future will bring. Obviously, none of us could have predicted the pandemic that we're in. Or that we'd be wearing a surgical mask everywhere, but but um, you know it and and it made sense. We discussed it at length, and uh, you know I should celebrate this birthday and not mourn it, not use it as a time to uh, pull up past regrets. You know, you can't change the past, and you really can't don't know what the future will bring but uh, really all you can do is to live in the present and make the best uh, the best of every day and I I know cognitively I know that's true but uh, in my heart it's hard to uh, hard to live that but um, anyway after showing her a poem I wrote when I started therapy more than a dozen years ago she suggested maybe there would be 61 ways I could count my blessings, if you will, 60, 61 of them, um, and things that make make life good right now. You know, my birthday, the fact that I'm turning 61. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, that sounds good. It sounds like a sounds like a, a plan, and, and yeah, I'm going to have a better, a good, positive attitude uh, this weekend. I think my wife and I are going to go out for lunch on uh, Sunday, and then we're going to have a, a little birthday celebration uh, Monday, and um, we're going to bring Katie in by uh, Skype or Zoom or some other video conferencing, bring her into it, because she should be part of it. She can't eat the cake with us, but we could send her some. Anyway, the um, 
the uh, the visit with uh, Brooke was really good, and um, and I don't know if I mentioned this the last time, but our my last visit with Brooke, that's when I told her about my first therapist, Tammy, and um, it was really kind of ironic. Um, because while I was waiting on Brooke out in her, the hallway, uh, Tammy came down the hallway and went out the door, you know, went went to the elevator and she had to pass by me. And um, she, when she passed by, she gave me a friendly hello and I, and I uh, responded in kind. Um, anyway, just that was just kind of out of the blue and unplanned, obviously. Um, but anyway, I uh, told her that Told her about finding the other, uh, the other papers from uh, uh, my time with uh, my first therapist, and um, you know it kind of seemed appropriate to uh, to bring those in and share that uh, share that poem with her. And so we talked a little bit about that. And looking back, and you know the end of that poem has a couple. The last two stanzas are hopeful, looking forward to the future without knowing what the hell the future would bring. And, um, you know, it was, uh, the, the poem was dark and brooding until you get to the end. And, and really, when I wrote that, I had no idea where things were going to go. I was hoping like hell that there would be a positive outcome and that things would go well. I had no idea. And so we talked a little bit about that. You know, in looking back at that, how do I feel about where I am today? And I feel good. I feel really good about it. I mean, um, for starters, the work I do, the news I write, it's its what I love to do. It's not an identity that I hide behind anymore. It's not, you know, being a journalist is what, is what I do. It's not who I am, if that makes sense. My identity isn't solely tied into my occupation. It's part of it, but, uh, but I'm a... Uh, I'm a, I'm a good father and a, and a, and I work to be a, every day to be a good husband. So, and those things come first. Whoops. Hmm. While I'm talking, I'm yawning. Um. Anyway, you know, I was thinking the other day of, of, um, you know, well, you know, from my termination, um, my therapist Tammy ran across my blog. Uh, that I thought I had all the entries uh, hidden because it was a blog about transference and my feelings about her. And um, and and in talking with Brooke the other la the last session, um, really, that um, I had painted myself into a corner as far as being a finding someone to talk to about that about my transference because I couldn't talk to. To my therapist anymore about that she would I was afraid she would kick me you know boot me to the curb and at that time I couldn't stomach that possibility so um, anyway it worked out that uh, um, she found out anyway and I was terminated and it was the one of the most painful things I've ever gone through but uh, at the same time I met Bill and I became acquainted with EMDR as far as a uh, way to process trauma from the past and uh, found it tr extremely beneficial. 
and uh, so actually it was a bad experience a traumatic experience but it uh, good came from that positive experiences came out of that anyway I was also thinking about blurdy you know you know in many ways I wish I could get back I would like to have my old journals back uh, in some ways I do I th think I would but in other ways it's like I don't know that I would read through them and I'm not sure I would like the person I read so I don't know I um, actually at some point I downloaded the XML files on some of those blogs um, I don't know that I can find those files I used to have a reader and right after I downloaded them I, uh, I, I found an XML file reader that would turn all that gibberish into text again and I could read my blogs and, and um, I don't know um, all that stuff is gone I've gotten change computers and etc etc so it's probably stuck on a hard drive in a dead computer out in the landfill by now oops I keep bumping that microphone cord um, so yeah death and birthdays this birthday um, I'm ready for this to be a positive one um, and I am kicking around the idea of contacting a uh, a priest that I actually um, was an altar boy for right when he was a very young priest we're going back 45 years um, and he and I have run into each other periodically over the last 20 20 years at least and kind of renewing our acquaintance acquaintances and and uh, I would um, I, he uh, he's retired now and he lives in a in a cabin uh, out in the deep rural woods and uh, I wanted to just to call him and peck his brain and say can I come out and talk for an hour I'll bring the beer you know um, you know and and I mean he's uh, he's been a priest for 50 years how what uh, how do you how do you where do you find peace with your own mortality and I guess that's the real the real question here uh, I kind of think I know what he would tell me is just that you take it a day at a time and you live your life the best you can each day. You know, um, you uh, try to do good and don't harm others. And I think I think that would be pretty good advice. But I don't know. Um, uh, he's kind of a talker. I kind of hate to go visit him and then get into a lengthy deep conversation about something unrelated but I don't know that's just something that's kicking around um, right now I'm not too panicked about death um, there's nothing I can do about it um, and maybe I should celebrate life instead of concerning worrying about death but I will tell you that death makes me worry about getting doing things before I die you know the old bucket list um, I've got uh, you know everybody I guess has a bucket list but I've got what I call the fuck it list uh, the the sex things I wanted would like to do before I die um, you know uh, sex with other women I'd like to 
I mean, my list is extensive as far as sex goes. Um, I'd uh, like to, you know, have a threesome with more, or three or foursome with uh, multiple men having sex with my wife, which I talked about before. Um, all sorts of kinky, little kinky things. And again, you know, I think I recognize now that these things are fantasies and uh, some fantasies are better left alone as fantasies um, and um, I you know uh, especially if um, you know it would uh, you know uh, uh, there's a uh, I want to recommend there's a sex therapist on YouTube called Dr. Lou. Um, well shit what's her name Oh, damn it. Well, she, Dr. Dawn Michael. Dawn Michael. You can, she has an uh, extensive number of, uh, of uh, YouTube uh, recordings about uh, therapy and sexual fetishes and all aspects of sex and relationships, too, not just sex. Um, and... Um, you know, she makes the point that, uh, and a lot of men, apparently I'm not alone, I'm, a lot of men would like to uh, um, have a man, another man or two or be cuckolded or suck another man's cock and, you know, with their wife and things like that. That's not that strange, but um, she, she makes a good point and she says that, uh, you know, if your wife, when you married her, was not into swinging or multiple sex partners or open to that when you got married, the chances are she is not, you're not going to be able to convince her to, uh, to, to, to change. And if she isn't inclined to do that anyway, uh, you're, and if she, uh, you know, what you're setting yourself up for is, is uh, to really destroy a marriage. If you badger your spouse into doing something they don't want to do and then they do it and they they hate themselves for it or they hate you for it uh, you know that's that's just going to ruin a relationship so uh, I have to keep thinking that but these fantasies and these this fuck it list still you know continues to grow <laughs> so anyway it stays but it stays private too <laughs> I, um, alright, so I don't know, it seems like with the end of my life in sight, you know, realizing I'm in the last quarter of the game, um, the extramarital sex seems more important now, you know, it seems that, um, uh, and, and having those experiences, it's like I need to do that before I die. And, um, you know, getting older, it seems like, well, the time is shorter than it was when I was 40. But again, I think uh, it, you still, some things are just better left fantasy. So, that's, <laughs> I guess that's where things will stay. Though, I will tell you, it, uh, the, the desire is strong. The desire is strong. Well, let's see what else is going on. Uh, been selling a lot of stuff on eBay, a lot of stuff, about six thousand dollars worth of stuff, uh, and going and and still selling. Uh, I'm gonna buy some new ham radio equipment and uh, some other things. 
So I'm uh, looking forward to, to doing that. Um, well, this past week, uh, this past, well, yesterday, I guess, Thursday, I, um, I had an interview with our uh, U.S. congressman. Uh, he, um, he was in the area, and, and he's, his people are always super good to me. And because they know I work, I have the Nelson County Gazette online news website, and I also uh, work for the radio station. So uh, they always include me in their plans if I want to see if I want to do an interview or you know a sit-down interview or whatever. So um, anyway, I took them up on the offer, and so Thursday did a nice little 35-minute interview with uh, with uh, Brett Guthrie, and it's it's funny I've known Brett. I mean, Brett for, gosh, I guess, uh, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 years now. And um, um, it's kind of ironic. He was in town to present the award for the 2nd Congressional District of Kentucky uh, art contest that he sponsors. And, uh, and my daughter won that, that same contest about a dozen years ago. So, uh, or, or maybe it wasn't a dozen, maybe it was, let's say, more like eight, eight or nine. Anyway, um, she, uh, she won that contest, and the winner of the contest, and it's a district-wide, and there's um, 25 or 30 counties in, the, in his congressional district in, in Kentucky. Uh, the winner of the contest gets to fly uh, to Washington, D.C., you get a tour of the Capitol and and all that, and so um, uh, when Katie won, she and uh, Tammy went up to Washington. They weren't uh, now they uh, um, and, and had a blast. And um, anyway, uh, they they um, they uh, all 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 the other districts that have art contests, they they try to arrange to have all the students from all the various states. And congressional districts across the states, you know, show up at one one weekend, and Katie wasn't able to go on that weekend, so she had to do it on her. Basically, she and Tammy went up, flew up to D.C. alone, and, and that worked out really great because uh, Congressman Guthrie uh, had no one else there to give a tour to, so he gave uh, Katie and my wife uh, uh, kind of the back alley tour of this U.S. Capitol, and they went down uh, catwalks and, uh, and uh, stairways that the public normally doesn't have access to, and uh, of course uh, Congressman Guthrie's an art and herd himself, so he was pointing out all the cool architectural features to, to uh, Katie, and uh, um, anyway, they, he kind of, uh, kind of took a liking to Katie, and so Every time we get together for an interview, he's always asking about Katie. And, of course, Katie's working at the National Gallery of Art, which Brett says is uh, one of his favorite places to go to get away from the halls of Congress for a while. Um, anyway, um, he wanted, um, he, he said that when things open back up, he would like Katie to give him a, uh, a tour of the, uh, the art, the National Gallery of Art, which is on the, Washington Mall there, uh, just just um, south of the Capitol building. Uh, but that's not, um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I think Katie's going to remain shut down. 
her internship ends at the end of, all, of September, which gives her just about a month left. And she's under a lot of stress right now because her job is ending and she's freaking out. She's had an interview at a maritime museum in Southern Maryland that looks really promising. So we have our fingers crossed for her to get that. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, if she does, they'll have to move. They'll have to move to Southern Maryland, which, which probably will be beneficial because it'll be a cheaper cost of living. Right now they're in the DC Baltimore corridor and uh, not only is the driving nuts but the rent is high. So maybe by moving to, away from the urban population centers, uh, moving to a small town on, and on the coast of Maryland, she'll be able to uh, find a cheaper place to live. It's about 90 minutes away driving so uh, we're waiting hopefully hoping that she will hear something this next week um, anyway but it's really stressing her out big time and we're trying to remain positive and do what we can to help her but it's just hard to help somebody who is so you know focused on you know getting a job and just really stressed out about it you know, it's not like we could we can uh, run up there and um, visit with her anytime soon. Though, though we have thought about it, the way um, that area still remains a hot spot at times, and uh, uh, we've invited Katie. We've we've offered to pay Katie's ticket to fly down here, but you know, the way the 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 COVID nineteen restrictions go, she might wind up having to quarantine if she leaves the state. And she would have to quarantine for two weeks, so that might not be much fun. Anyway, that's, that's about all we have uh, here. Tammy has to work tomorrow morning. It's Saturday. She has to work four hours. Um, and then Elijah has NASCAR tomorrow night. And uh, then he, he works at the radio station uh, Sunday morning as well. So, anyway, not much else to add here. So I won't, um, I keep umming and on, trying to think of things to add. Um, the dog's over snoozing right now. Um, he, uh, he's a little bored. He, uh, uh, he, it's funny because he, uh, he lets us know when he wants to go out. And so we have a, we have a 60 foot chain uh, on the front of the house and so he can go out quite a ways into the yard and actually cross the driveway into the field uh, but he <coughs> and he and he does he likes to roam and stay outside except he doesn't like it when it's really hot or really cold or rainy or snowy and uh, he will tell us, you know, I mean, he, you can just tell he'll, he'll bark and, you know, he'd respond. You say, do you need to go outside? And he's like, he runs for the door. Well, no matter how bad he needs to go, if, if we take him to the door and it is pouring rain outside, he'll look up at you like, I ain't going out there. 
and he won't. He will not go. Now, he won't pee in the carpet. He hasn't had a mess in the house forever. Um, but uh, he only needs to go outside a couple times a day. Um, he's really been a, he's really a good dog. Uh, uh, sometimes he, but, you know, he lets us know when he's um, hungry or thirsty. And then when he has to go outside, and then sometimes he just barks at us because he's bored. He wants us to play with him. So he'll just sit there and bark or just look at us and wolf a little, you know, soft wolves like, come on, get off your ass, let's play. You know, and usually he wants you to uh, throw a ball down the hallway or his squeaky toy. He's got so many toys and um, he, he wants a... Uh, he, we have a long hallway that runs the, the all from the front of the house to the back, and uh, and ends in the kitchen. So he loves for us to throw, you know, tennis balls down the hallway. And he, you know, he'll get he'll he'll get out in the hallway and he's he, I mean he's prancing there. He's you you act like you're going to throw it, and he's ready to. He's all keyed up, ready to take off like a shot of lightning, and so he wills. He 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 tears down the hallway trying to catch that tennis ball <laughs> and then but he, he never brings anything back to you unless he's really bored and he wants you to play with him then he will pick up a ball or a squeaky toy or whatever what have you and he will bring it and set it at your feet like please so anyway I don't know if we trained him or he trained us you know how those things work, but uh, but I think the world of him, and he's add, added so much. Um, you know, of course, he's such a very different dog than uh, Lucky, our uh, yellow lab was. But uh, that's okay. Um, he's uh, he's a smart dog in his own right. Um, not quite as old as uh, as Lucky was. Anyway, and, and Rocky likes to, uh, uh, if, when Tammy gets up in the morning, now now Rocky insists on coming to bed with us, and because and it's summertime, he sleeps on the floor at the foot of the bed, or sometimes he'll be on the over on my side or Tammy's side of the bed, but on the floor. Now in the wintertime, he'll get down at the foot of the bed, on the bed, between our feet, and he's a pretty darn good foot warmer. Um, now, if it's raining or thundering, he'll usually climb up between us and um, for comfort, you know. He hates the thunder. Um, he, uh, but, and anymore, when Tammy gets up in the morning um, and goes off to work, uh, occasionally he will, um, he'll get up with her and he'll be up with her while she's getting ready. And she'll give him food and water and let him out. And then when he, after he's done, he'll come back to bed. He'll actually get up in bed. And he'll get up and he'll have his head down on Tammy's pillow. And um, and then, I, you know, if I don't realize what's going on, it's a, more than once I've rolled over and covered the dog up thinking it was Tammy and, and hugged him, hugged the dog, thinking I was hugging on, snuggling with, with, uh, with Tammy. So, anyway, the dog never flinched. He's happy. I mean, and, and a lot of times when he does that, he'll just stay in bed. I mean, he stayed in bed a couple of hours later 
you know, I got up and I'm up and he'll show up about lunchtime. You know, he'd come out the bed, the bedroom and just be stretching, you know. Like, oh, that was good. So, anyway. Love my pooch. Well, I'm going to wrap things up. Um, you probably have fallen asleep by now. Um, but I will tell you, well, talking has kept me awake. Uh, it's about, it's uh, going on 1 o'clock here. Eastern Daylight Time. All right, I hope you have, a, have had a, a great week and then you're going to have a good weekend. Uh, think of me on Monday. Um, it's my birthday. And I'm sure Facebook will be full of birthday wishes. So, uh, anyway, the, uh, um, I will, will enjoy it. Take care. Stay safe. And, and wear a mask if you, if you can and possibly can. Uh, wearing a mask protects not, doesn't protect, but it protects you. It protects me. It protects everyone from, uh, you know, from each other. So it's, it's just good common sense, despite the fact that there, are, there are people who are claustrophobic or, or can't just wear a mask at all. Now I will tell you, uh, the mask it takes getting used to. It does. I mean, I can put one on now and without thinking about it. But when I first started doing this, it was like, ugh, I hated it. And um, uh, I will tell you the mask. I've, when uh, I was a member of the local uh, hazmat team that respond, responded for hazardous materials, um, we had to wear the same self uh, this same supplied air breathing apparatus the same SCBA equipment that the firefighters did and it's a full face mask and of course it's attached to the air tank and so uh, by the time you put that full face mask on and then you put on that level A hazmat suit which is you know when you're zipped up you're totally sealed from the outside world and the humidity in that suit immediately goes to 110%. So you're sweating like a dog. It's hotter than my blazes. And then you've got this full face mask on. And, you know, it's, it's like, you could sound like Darth Vader breathing through it. And uh, if, if, if you want to find something that will, you know, if you want to find out if you're claustrophobic, uh, try some firefighter training and that full face mask. And that... That will, if you're claustrophobic, and if you're the least bit claustrophobic, it'll come out during that sort of testing. All right, have a great week, and I'll uh, we'll, uh, see each other down the road here uh, on text or voice or Facebook or whatever. Anyway, take care, y'all.